Slate Church. It's so good to see you this morning. And happy Mother's Day. We're so happy that you'd be joining us here this morning on this beautiful Mother's Day. This morning or whenever you're joining us today. Uh, my name is Emily, and I am on our leadership team here at Slate. And I'm joined by... Hi, my name is Jen Taves. Welcome. Nice. Where do you serve, Jen? I serve on kids' team uh, nice. right now with my husband. When we're allowed again, we kind of head up uh, the family watch party. Oh, I miss yeah. our watch parties so much. I miss our family's watch parties so much. Those are my, like, no offense to the other watch parties, but that was kind of my favorite watch party. It's, it's something special. If you haven't experienced it yet, you should. Nice. Well, it's Mother's Day, so we might have a few Mother's Day-related questions for you to answer in the chat. Maybe before we get into that, though, why don't you tell us, you know, where you're tuning in from today, you know, location-wise, or maybe, you know, your kitchen, your bedroom, your living room, I don't know, wherever you're joining in from today. Yes, and as Emily said, it is Mother's Day, and we just want to take a second to recognize not everyone has a mother or grew up with a mother, but everyone had a mother figure. And so that's something to celebrate today. And as well as today can be painful for many women in many ways. Some people are waiting, expecting, grieving, and we want to recognize and honor all women today on this special yeah, day as we do celebrate mothers absolutely. because they are something special. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like even if you're not a mom, you probably, or you don't have a mom, you probably have a mom figure in your life, or you are a mom figure to somebody, and that's, I mean, not to not to brag or anything, but I've been in multiple friend groups where my my uh, name has been Mama M, so I have uh, I have been that figure for some people, and you know what, it's a lot of fun. So, Jen, what is, what is Mother's Day, what does it mean to you as a mom, as a mom to be two beautiful kids? Uh, tell us about that. Yeah, Mother's Day is, is special. It really is. It's something wonderful, and it wasn't always special for me. Um, and so I'm now on the other side and I get to celebrate with my two babies, my two miracles. And it's, yeah, it's, it's wonderful. And you know what? It makes you reflect and be thankful for your own mother yeah. in so many ways. Yeah, for sure. For sure. What's maybe your favorite story from Joel and Claire? I mean, sorry to put you on the spot, but you know, what's a, what's a great story about Joel and Claire? <laughs> well, um, yeah, it's a little bit on the spot, Emily. No, no. There's a, uh, you know what? Right now we are in lockdown, so we are at home. So I've been spending a lot of time with my kids, which is beautiful, but I'm usually a full-time working mom. And you know what? This is special time I would normally never get. Um, so I don't have one particular story, but it's just been so great to play with them, see them playing together and grow. And they're uh, really best friends, which is 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 pretty special today though it was kind of cool um the, one of the great things about having kids is you get to kind of relive your childhood so today get this we tie-dyed shirts oh, my oh yes we did <laughs> we did it was a lot of fun and it brought back a lot of childhood memories oh, I for love me and it. my husband i don't know how they turned out maybe <laughs> i'll uh wear it on a later broadcast and uh show it off yeah but, i want the uh, updates yeah it's a pink, purple, teal, and blue. Wow. Yeah, so. All the best colors. That's great. That's so much fun. That's so much fun. Maybe for the next question, Jen, maybe in the chat, uh, let's tell us what you're getting your mom for Mother's Day. Is it chocolates? Is it flowers? Something else? Speaking of which, what's your favorite Mother's Day gift that you have been given? <laughs> you know, I, I, we were kind of talking about this, and I'm like, I couldn't remember a specific gift. But I must say the best gift, because I know my husband does this every year, is that I get time and I don't have responsibilities. So I don't have to cook, I don't have to clean, 
fine. Uh, he takes care of the kids, and you know what? That's actually a great gift for a mother. <laughs> Sounds like it. Sounds like it. I love it. Just to have some time to yourself, you know, nothing better. That's so great. That's so great. Jen, did you have any closing thoughts about Mother's Day before we head into service? Um, I No, just happy Mother's Day are to our slate mothers out there. We have had a boom of slate mothers lately. Oh, yeah, and, we and have. this is going to be a special one for so many. And again, we just want to recognize women in all walks right now, um, in all stages today, um, but also celebrate with yeah. hope as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm so excited for when we can be in person again and we're going to have a nursery, like, full of some fresh babies. It's going to be so awesome. I'm so looking forward to it. And you'll probably be serving in the room with those babies. You betcha. And I'm sure you're looking forward to it I as am well. one of those crazy women who loved the baby stage. It's not love for everyone, it. but I loved it. <laughs> That's so good. Well, we're going to have an amazing Mother's Day service, an incredible service today. So why don't you stand to your feet? Let's worship God together today. Church, we're so excited you're here with us. Why don't you get up off your feet and start worshiping with us? Jesus, the 
church let's continue to just press into the presence of God today with one voice we sing there's a grace there's a grace when the heart is under fire another way when the walls are closing Beneath the waters, 
no longer slave to my sin anymore. And should I fall in the space between what remains of me and this reckoning? Either way, I will bow to the things of this world. For I know, oh, I know. Should I ever need reminding what power set me free? There is a grave that holds nobody. Now that power lives in me. There is another in the fire. Oh, there is another in the fire. Oh, there is another. church this is a reminder that God is with you we're gonna sing I can see the light I can see the light in the darkness as the darkness bows to him I can hear the roar in the heavens as the space between wasted I can feel the ground shake beneath us as the prison walls came in nothing stands between Slay Church, God wants you to know today that there's no sin, there's no shame that stands between you and Him. Right now you have an opportunity to press into the presence of God. It doesn't matter what happened this week, it doesn't matter what happened last week, God is pursuing you right now. We have an opportunity to say, God, I'm going to run after you too. Nothing stands between us. Oh, oh. Nothing stands between us. Oh, oh. Nothing stands between us. No sin, no shame. Oh, nothing stands between us. Oh, oh. There'll be another in the fire. Count the joy can every battle Cause I know that's where you'll be Oh, I can see I can see the light In the darkness As the darkness bows to Him I can hear the roar In the heavens As the space between us and I can feel the ground Shake beneath us As the prisons came in
Thursday morning at 6.30. You're welcome to join for that. Um, that's a Zoom call and everybody's welcome to join. And we remind you that, you know, mics and, and screens don't need to be turned on for it. Um, just the people that are leading that prayer morning will have those on. Just to encourage you to join with the many, many people in our church that are gathering together every single Thursday morning because that's the way that we're building our church on prayer. And so we encourage you to join us. And we're gonna be praying over those prayer requests. But right now in this moment, we just wanna have a moment where uh, maybe you're going through something. Maybe lockdowns are getting to you. Maybe you just, you, you don't have the same, um, ability to focus or whatever else is going on inside of you right now. I, I just, I encourage you wherever you find yourself to just identify whatever's going on. And right now, as we begin to sing, there's another in the fire. My encouragement to you is to realize that God is with you, whatever you're going through. You know, this is, this is a song that I've sung through some of the darkest seasons of my life. And it's given me great hope that when I feel like there's nobody else with me or, or nobody understands what I'm going through, or the world is just too big, or the, the pain is just too deep, the, the darkness is too dark. This is a song that's actually come back from me and reminded me time and time again, that when I feel the most alone, Jesus is there walking with me through it, holding me up and reminding me that he's never going to forsake me. He's never going to leave me and that, that uh, he has my best interests in mind. So right now, wherever you find yourself, if you're, if you're just, if you're just feeling it, you're just going, I need, I need to know that God is with me right now in this moment. I just encourage you lift up your hands, wherever you find yourself, just lift them up, begin to lean in and begin to understand that God is with you as we begin to pray. Jesus, some of us, it was a struggle just to turn on our laptop or our phone today. It was just a struggle to get to service today and just to be willing to do another thing over a screen. For some of us, it's just, we're going through dark days and in our innermost spots, we don't even know how to deal with what's going on. God, for some of us, we're at our wits end and we just don't know where to turn. But right now, God, we turn to you. God, right now we choose to actually to lean into the song that we're singing to say, you know what? If I'm gonna put my hope anywhere, I'm gonna put my hope in Jesus. That if he can promise me that he's not gonna leave me alone, if I can actually walk through this fire with him, then I actually can be okay. So God, right now, no matter where uh, we find ourselves, God, I just pray that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit. God, may you remind us that we are not alone. May you remind us that you're there with us in the fire. May you remind us that God, we can lean into you and trust you because you are a good father. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, come on church, let's lean in. Let's lean in right now. There is no other name but the name that is Jesus. He who was and still is and will be through it all. So come what may in the space between all the things unseen 
worship set we just had. I want to thank the worship team for just bringing their all every single week. Why don't you just drop in the uh, chat right now or the comment section if you're walk- watching on demand. Um, I just encourage you. We're so thankful for a worship team that brings out of the overflow of their own time with God. And so just make sure you thank them. Um, right before we go into the giving uh, moment here, uh, I just want to let you know, we're going into a new series called Saved. And I mention that because um, I mean, the idea of being saved comes right out of John 3.16. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall be saved. And we're going to be going into a, a whole series on this. We're really excited. Emma's going to introduce that. But for us today in our giving moment, you know, it's a, it's the, the reality of us giving comes out of the fact that God first gave to us. And nothing we have is ours, um, but rather um, we get to give it what he's given us. Even in the beginning, before there was sin in the world and everything else, everything we interacted with was given by God. And so today we get an opportunity to partner with God in this John 3.16 moment and say, God, you gave your son and I'm gonna give back to you so that not only I can experience eternal life, but so that many others can also experience eternal life uh, through your son's death on the cross. Now, listen, we've, uh, we just had a heart for that Sunday uh, last week. And at the end of this service, uh, we're actually gonna announce um, the amount that was given and that's really exciting. But there's a regular giving component to all that we do. And we wanna thank everybody that has been supporting the mission and uh, the, the call of Slate Church. We wanna thank you that you've partnered with us in this way. We wanna thank everybody that gave in Heart for the House and, and that was their time where they started committing to regular giving to our church. We wanna thank you for that because we're gonna continue to go and make disciples through all of uh, our regular giving, our above and beyond giving, all the rest. And uh, you can see right now on the screen, the team is putting up all the different ways that you can give during this moment. And I'm just gonna pray uh, over everybody giving right now that God would continue to multiply, continue to bless what is given and that we would see many disciples made here in Ontario. So Jesus, thank you so much for the ability to give. God, we thank you that you gave us your son and that out of that, our, our response can be to give to that same mission today. Jesus, we're thankful for an incredible week uh, last week where it was our heart for that Sunday and there was a big lead up to that. We're just so thankful for that. But God, we're also thankful for just the faithful giving of so many in our church week after week that give to the mission of making disciples of all of Ontario. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, 
a happy Mother's Day to everybody tuning in. Uh, we're so thankful for our moms. Mom, you're watching right now. Happy Mother's Day. I'm so thankful for you. And uh, by the way, sons, send your mother a happy Mother's Day, okay? Especially sons that have wives that have kids. You've probably honored your wife on Mother's Day today, but your own mother needs to hear happy Mother's Day today, okay? Because your wife is not actually your mother, right? Um, but in saying that, uh, Emma, I want to wish you a happy Mother's Day because I'm so thankful for the way you raise our kids as well. And uh, she's meant to speak, so I also need to say that so I don't get any shade thrown back my way. But that's another point. I um, want to encourage you that, uh, and also I should say, this is like the first time you've spoken maybe on Mother's Day before. It's not a Mother's Day message. So we just don't do that here at Slate Church. Um, we've we've yeah. never really done Mother's Day me no. message, right? Um, I'm going to continue on so that you can speak. Okay. But uh, follow us on social media. If it is up there beside, it is. Follow us on social media. Turn on notifications. Because in the world we're living in right now, things can turn on a dime. We might have watch parties next week. We don't know what Doug Ford and the government are going to do. So turning on post notifications will make sure that you know all the latest up-to-date news as soon as possible. When it comes to our YouTube channel, even if you're watching live, our encouragement to you is sometimes throughout the week, set a time for yourself. Go to our Slate Church uh, YouTube page and make sure you hit subscribe, hit notifications. And please, on our latest video that we put on our YouTube page, please um, comment and hit like. And the reason we wanna do this is because in our attempt to make disciples of all of Ontario, you know that digital is a big part of our strategy of launching Locals Plus all over the place. So the more our video gets seen and the more people that subscribe and all the rest, the more opportunity we have to make disciples of all of Ontario. So just by taking two minutes in your week, by doing this, it's again, I mentioned this, it's kind of like a form of evangelism and we would love for you to do that, okay? Now, before we actually get to the message, um, we uh, sat down or walked with, or however we filmed this, right? With an incredible guy, uh, his name's Michael. He leads actually our, our photo team here at Slate Church, Michael Okenye. And uh, we sat down to talk about what salvation means for him. And it was just an incredible time. So uh, tune in for that. Ready? All right, man. Yeah. Talk to me about your story with salvation. Um, salvation for me is letting go of your old ways and just accepting what God wants for for you and accepting the sacrifice that Jesus made for you on the cross. Because salvation is a gift, you know. And for me, um, growing up, I grew up in a Nigerian household. We were, like, it was Christian. Like, we were actually really Christian. My, my parents grew up Christian, but... For me, like, I never really understood what it meant, what salvation meant. My definition was basically, I sin from Monday to Saturday and I go to church just to fulfill all righteousness, you know? And um, it just became a habit, you know? I didn't really know what it was. I kept getting myself into the worst of situations. And I just told myself that as long as I went to church, like, it was okay, you know? But in 2020, beginning of 2020, um, I found Christ, you know, I was at church for the first time, like actually like committed and fully like attentive to what the pastor was saying. And he made the, um, the altar call. And I just felt like the Holy Spirit, like pushing me, like Michael, like it is time for you to do this. It's time for you to accept the gift. And I remember it vividly because that day it was just me in front of like a whole congregation of people and like, I stood up. I don't know where I found the confidence because I was a really shy person. 
I don't know where I got the confidence from because like my spirit tried, like my mind tried to hold me back. But for some reason, I just found the courage to stand up and just go and accept Christ. And you know, it just kept going from there. And even then it was a battle because my old self still wanted to have control over me. I didn't really understand what the will of God was for my life. So I just, I, kept, I fell back. So each time I fall, I repent, I fall, I repent. Which was, which made me like feel kind of like bad because I felt like I was a slave, you know? Like you feel like you're a slave to sin. But as I continued like to read more, to grow by reading my Bible and studying, it just helped a lot, you know? And I remember reading John 8 verse 36, it says, who the son of man has set free is free indeed. I already believed that I was a slave. I already told myself that there was no getting out of this. Like I might as well just keep living in sin, you know? But when I came to the realization of what Jesus did, did for me on the cross, it, it just changed from there. Like it's no longer my will, but the will of God for my life. So every day is just a constant step in living for God and just keep doing his will, to be very honest. Yeah. What would you say to the person who doesn't hasn't accepted Christ's salvation? Maybe they're maybe they're fighting it. Maybe they don't. They've never heard of this word salvation before. What would you tell that person? Um, I would tell the person that there is no limit to what God can do in your life when you surrender to Him. This is He's not. Is it is not His will that we perish, but for all to come to repentance. We cannot live like this world is like the final place, like there's still heaven that we need to get to. And God loves us so much that he sent Jesus to die on the cross for us, for us to be set free from the power of sin. So the moment you surrender your life to Christ, everything changes. So in case you feel like you're a slave or you fall and you feel like that's always how it's gonna be, that's wrong and that's a lie from the enemy because God has set you free. Jesus died to set you free from sin and that's final. And that is one thing that will never change, you know, so yeah. Awesome. Why don't we thank uh, Michael all together for that um, incredible, uh, uh, it's, it's in replacement of our interview time. How did you like the way that we did it? Why don't you just drop in the comment section uh, or right now if you're, if you're in the chat section, if you're watching live, how did you like the way that it was filmed there? We're trying some new things, trying to get out of the studio a little bit more with this newer, uh, this uh, warmer weather and that sort of thing. But um, drop a comment and thank Michael for the wisdom that he shared and everything there. And that ties directly into the series that we're going into. I'm not gonna introduce it because Emma's about to, but I wanna pass it off to Emma. Take it away. Thank you. Awesome. Hey, Slate Church, I'm excited to be opening up this new series, but I obviously want to first say happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there, whatever stage you're in of motherhood, uh, it's a big job. It, it doesn't pay well. You don't get weekends off. There's no quitting time. Uh, there's no, uh, uh, none of those things, but it is one of the most rewarding jobs. But listen, I see you. And no matter uh, whether you have babies at home or your kids are out of the house or whatever that looks like, you're always a mom. And I just want to honor you today. Uh, I'm excited to jump right in. And I hope that's okay with you. We're going to start in Ephesians 2, uh, verse 8 to 10. And this is kind of our guiding verses for the whole series of Saved. Uh, but I got a lot of content to get through, so we're just going to plow ahead. It says this, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. 
And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Romans 10, verse 9, I'm going to take you there real quick. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Why don't we pray together here, church? Jesus, I thank you that we uh, uh, have salvation through you, that we are saved through you. And I pray right now that you would speak through me, God. Let us be open to hearing what you have to say. In your name, amen. 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 Well, listen. When I was 18 years old, I took a plane across the world, it felt like, over to Australia to visit my brother Luke, who was in school there. And we, of course, did all the touristy things, like go to Bondi Beach. That was obviously a big stop for us to go there, hang out there. And we decided to go swimming. And, and Luke was there, a couple of his friends were there, and we went out. Now, there are lifeguards everywhere. There are things going on at Bondi Beach. There's a lot of surfers. There's all this stuff. Well, myself, not being the greatest swimmer, went a little bit too far into the ocean. And honestly, I thought I was going to die. It was that moment where I was going, I can't keep moving. My muscles aren't going to keep working. My arms aren't going to keep working. It was actually one of Luke's friends that came back and noticed, oh, she's drowning basically over there and decided to swim with me. I was like seconds away from the camera crews coming out from that like Bondi rescue show and, uh, and, and getting involved there. And I would have been on a TV episode, but I made it out alive. I was okay. I was fine. But you know, when we talk about salvation, when we talk about this idea about being saved, we really get, this seems like a good picture, this idea of drowning, where you are out of, you are drowning in your own sin. You are drowning in your own self. And Jesus actually saves us. He actually creates a way for relationship. He actually creates a way for eternal life. And I'm going to take some time today to talk all around this idea of salvation. Now, hey, maybe you've been a Christian for a long time. Maybe you've been saved for a really long time. And you're going, this is kind of basic. This is... If we don't have a good understanding of what salvation means, of what it looks like to be saved, we actually miss out on the whole mission that God is trying to work through with us. We have to have a deep revelation of what this means. Maybe you're watching this and you're like, I'm not a Christian. I just got sent this link or I'm just tuning in or I'm just curious to what faith looks like. This is an important message for you because this is, as I said, the pivotal foundational part of our faith, of what it means to be a Christian. You see, in order to understand salvation, we really have to go right to the start of Scripture, right to the beginning in Genesis chapter 3, where we see Adam and Eve, and this chapter really is called the fall, right? We've just gone through this creation story. We've just gone through uh, Jesus, or, or God creating the world and God putting it into motion and having this perfection there. And then we see humanity make a choice other than God. You see, in chapter 3, we see the serpent, we see the enemy come up and start talking to the woman, start talking to Eve. And he starts, did God really say you must not eat from, uh, from any tree in the garden? And he's like, no, 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 no. It was just this one tree over here. I just can't, I can't have this one. He's like, what are you talking about? You, you absolutely can eat that. It's a, I think you should eat that. And Eve's kind of hemming and hawing. And in verse 6, it says, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. 
You see, it was in this moment that sin entered this world. It was in this moment that there was separation created between us and God. And you know, there were a couple of things she saw when she looked at this fruit, when she looked at this thing that God had told her not to partake in. And the first is that she saw that it was pleasing to the eye. And this is true of the temptation of the world we live in as well. You see, the enemy's tactics are still the same today as they were when he tempted Eve, as they were when he tempted Jesus in Matthew chapter 4. We see him take Jesus to the highest point to look out over everything. And, it's an, and he says to him, I'll give you all of this. But I love Jesus' response. It's a little bit different from Eve's, of course. He says, away, with, away from me, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. In contrast, Eve, she looked, she took it, she ate it, and she gave it to someone else. You see, the battle of temptation is often lost simply seeing and looking at something you want that is not godly. It was pleasing to the eye, but it was also desirable for knowledge. She had a desire to know all. This is where the focus of self comes in. What do I know in order to get me what I want? We look at knowledge as power and it started right here in this moment. If I can have power, I can have it all. It's no different now. You see, the whole premise here is Eve defying God's authority, trying to take his place, trying to know, trying to have the power, trying to have the authority of God. And we do the same today when we operate outside of salvation. We try to make gods unto ourselves. You see, what this sets in motion is this entire story of redemption throughout scripture. You see, sometimes when we're reading the Bible, we can get so caught up in little pieces of it and so confused by what it's saying. And sometimes it's important to step back and take a bigger view and look at what is called the meta-narrative of scripture and actually see it holistically. What is God trying to say through his word? You see, what we have happen is that God chooses his people, the Israelites, and he works through them and he starts to set in motion this plan of redemption. He gives them the law so that they might be able to uh, communicate and, and animal sacrifice so they might start to be able to figure out a way to have relationship with God. And we see the culmination of this through Jesus. And as Jesus dies and rises again, we actually see this message not only go for the Israelites, for the Jews, but we actually see this now extended to the Gentiles, to all people that Jesus saves. You see, God had to become a man in order to defeat death. This is a really key part when we're actually looking at salvation and trying to understand that. You see, in God's nature, God the Father, he cannot die, but as a man, he can in the same way, Jesus could only surrender perfectly and defeat death perfectly because he's fully God. He had to be fully God and fully man. It had to be both. And it had to be Jesus in order to right the wrong, in order to defeat sin and death, in order to pay the price. And listen, I just flew over a big theological uh, uh, question that people have, but just take that piece as we walk into it, that it had to be Jesus. In order to make a perfect way, we had to have Jesus. In Romans 5, 8, it says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, we are sinners and Christ died for us. Christ is the culmination of the law so that everyone can be made right with God. So this is good news. 
Because through Christ, we actually have a way forward. There no longer has to be this separation between us and God that sin created, that sin came into the world and made. This is the significance of salvation. All of that leads us to this point of salvation and understanding what it actually means to be saved. You see, this separation from God was not just a, oh, this kind of sucks. It was not social distancing. It was not quarantine. It was not saying, okay, I'm just going to FaceTime. This isn't the best situation I've had. This was total separation from us and God. In Isaiah 59, 2, it says, it's your sins that have cut you off from God. It's in our sinfulness, in that decision made in the garden and what we see through humanity that has separated us from God. Romans 6.23 says, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, an important piece of this, this here is the reality that we get to choose between two masters. Sometimes we live under this facade of independence, where it's either we choose God or we just choose to kind of live our lives. And we just kind of have these good lives and we just kind of go about, we work and we eat and we play and we sleep and we have friends and we have family and it's all fine. And on the outside, it all sometimes does look fine in people around us. But making that choice is still a choice. We have the choice between one of two masters. We can either choose sin as our master or we can choose God as our master. And you see, these masters actually operate in paying through their own currency, I uh, uh, had a job when I was young at a grocery store, and this was probably my real, first real job. I mean, uh, I babysat, I had a paper route, which was not fun, uh, but I, I worked at a grocery store. This was the first one where I actually had to like fill out some forms, right, and do some like women's training and that sort of thing. So that, it's not a real job if you haven't had to sit through those women's training videos. <laughs> But I remember getting my first uh, paycheck deposited into my account. And it was such a cool feeling of like, okay, now I have money. I just go here for a few hours. I beep a few groceries through. And I can go shopping at the mall. This is a good thing as a teenager. You see, we, uh, the wages that we get there, of course, are Canadian currency. But the wages that we receive when we're choosing who our master is and who we are going to submit under really matters. Because the wages of sin is death. That's our payment plan. That's what we're going to receive in our account. It is death. And there's, the Bible is so clear about this. Oftentimes we're like, oh, is it really that? That's not comfortable. That doesn't feel so good. That's kind of awkward. That's, the wages of sin is death. And you see, the gift of God, what we receive from God, is eternal life. This is a stark contrast between the two. So what does it look like if our master is sin. This is important to actually consider and look at if we're making a choice to be saved, if we're actually making a choice towards salvation. You see, when sin is our master, we actually are free from the control of righteousness. It talks about this in chapter 6, verse 20. Righteousness, very simply, is living in a morally correct way that is, that is uh, designed by God. It is right living. Sin, when we choose sin... A definition of that, I mean, oftentimes we're throwing this word sin around and we're like, what is that? Sin is both our actions and our attitudes that are not in line with God's moral law, with God's morality. This is not just culture's morality, this is God's morality. 
A lot of people want this life. And maybe you have wanted it in the past, maybe you have looked at this. And on the outset, this can feel rewarding. This can feel kind of good. I can do what I want, when I want, how I want. I can behave how I want to behave. I can lust, lie, steal, be vulgar, become intoxicated, not care any bit about the people around me unless I want to. And in my timing. We become our own gods. We live in the flesh. It is self-serving. What does living in the flesh look like? Romans 8, 5 to 16, you'll find a lot of it there. It looks like our mind being set on what the flesh desires. It's a hostility towards God. We become hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. And it cannot please God. If we're living in the flesh, we cannot please God. You see, we want control, this facade of control. And yet we often forget that the payout of this kind of life, serving this master, is death. It is emptiness. It is unfulfilling. Maybe you have felt like this. The lure of the lie of cheating, of lusting after someone else, of sleeping around, allowing anger to rule. You see, sin itself is lucrative. Just as the fruit in the garden was pleasing to the eye and there was a desire for knowledge there, it had desirable qualities, but it is what sin pays out that is deadly. You see, walking down the road of sin, making choices for sin to be the master, does not lead to fulfillment. It is full of empty promises. It is full of empty emotions. It is full of emptiness and thoughts of emptiness. And even within the midst of that, the payout at the end of it all is deadly. It is death. In comparison, the master of God, choosing God as our master, we see another way. We see another option. You see, God's way says, surrender to me. I love you. I have created you. I want the best for you. I am for you. I will give you a direction. I have a plan for you. Come, follow me. We can actually live in the spirit. In that same place in Romans 8, 5 to 16, we see what this looks like, what living in the spirit looks like. Our minds are set on what the spirit desires. We are called children of God. We are sons and daughters brought into adoption, brought into the family of God. We are not off wandering by ourselves, trying to find our own way. We actually get to be in a family with God. We know God. By the Spirit, we cry, Father. We are heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. This is huge. We are co-heirs with Christ. We actually get to share in Christ's glory. What an incredible thing. You see, the payout for this, the gift we receive from this, is eternal life. So how is this possible? With all we know about sin entering the world and the predisposition of humanity, how is it possible to be saved? I love how C.S. Lewis puts it. He says, the central Christian belief is that Christ's death has somehow put us right with God and given us a fresh start. It all comes back to Jesus. You see, salvation is knowing this, that Jesus died for you, that he rose again. It's knowing it in your head. It's understanding that in your head, that that is true. It is accepting it as truth, right? So you can know all about Jesus. You can read the Bible like cover to cover. You can have a great understanding of Jesus. But if you don't accept it, you're not saved. It's accepting that it is true, and then it is trusting that God did it for you. You personally. 
it's trusting that, yeah, it's not just true for everybody else, it's actually true for me. That he forgives your personal sins. He gives you eternal life. See, uh, salvation is a complex idea that we are going to be breaking down over the next several weeks. We're going to be talking about faith and grace and mercy and works all in this saved series. But today I just want to center in on one key element quickly here, and that is repentance. This is something that we, we talk about, maybe as Christians, but we often don't necessarily put into place as much or as often as we could and we should. You see, repentance is a heartfelt sorrow for sin, a renouncing of it and a sincere commitment to forsake it and walk in obedience in Christ. It's a heartfelt understanding. It's not an easy task necessarily. See, we as humans need to lay ourselves down. It's a process of laying it down, the self-centeredness, the conceit. Repentance is an act of surrender. It's saying, okay, this is the sin. I'm going to recognize it. I'm going to acknowledge it. I'm going to ask for forgiveness because I recognize it as being wrong and I'm going to set it down. It's not enough just to feel bad. It actually has to be a decision to give it to God. You see, we need God in order to do this. We need God in order to repent. This is the work of the Holy Spirit in us. We need to recognize that our sinful ways, our bend towards ourselves, our immorality is wrong and actually ask God to forgive us in it. Repentance is both awareness of our sin and an ability to set it down. And we need to do that often. We need to give it to the feet of Jesus, knowing that he has defeated death, what sin leads to on the cross. So how does this process work? Really quickly here. Romans chapter 10, verse 9. It says this, If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. So it is in our heart that the belief takes place, that the justification takes place. It's in our hearts, but we profess it with our mouth. There are two keys here, because that is the profession of faith. You see, it's important that we don't allow this to just end with us. I love it. In Romans 10, as we continue on that same track, a few verses down after that, we see that salvation, although it it starts in us, in this writing our relationship with God, we need to then recognize that it sets us into a motion of action. Salvation pushes us to go forward. When we are saved, it is not so that we can just feel good and be happy and throw ourselves a little party and, and just live our Christian life. Go to church every week, tune in online. Just kind of go about our day and allow it just to stay within ourselves. Salvation creates a cycle of action. You see, it says in Romans 10, 14, how then can they, other people, call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Let me tell you today, church, you are sent. You are sent. We are called to go and make disciples. This is something we have been talking about this whole year in 2021. And it is important that we recognize 
that we actually get to move forward this message of salvation. This is why it's so important to get this into us. This is why this is a dense message when it comes to content, because we need to start to internalize. Maybe you need to watch this back again. Maybe you need to turn it on again on Wednesday and just listen again and get a deeper revelation of what it means to be saved, because once we understand it in ourselves, we can't help but go out. We can't help but actually, it's not enough just to be kind to people. That's a great thing to do. It's not enough just to help people. That's a great thing to do. But how are people going to believe? Remember, this is eternal life and death that we're talking about. How are people going to believe, going to be saved, if no one is out there preaching it, if no one is out there telling it, if no one is out there sharing it? This elicits action beyond just helping and caring and all that. That's all there. It's not one without the other. It's both and. But so often as Christians, we neglect this. We neglect the point of being sent to preach the good news. That's just for the pastor. That's just for the person who works at a church. That's just for the person who's outgoing or an extrovert or someone who has all these great friends or opportunities or whatever that looks like. No, this is for us. How beautiful are the feet who bring good news. We have that good news, church. And I hope that today we've had a deeper revelation of what that actually means for us. It doesn't matter if you've been a Christian for 60 years or you've been a Christian for six days. It doesn't matter. This salvation is significant in our lives. You see, through this belief, through this profession of faith, we also get to recognize that we're not doing this alone. We actually have the Holy Spirit enter within us. And inside of us, we have access to the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, it doesn't mean that when we become a Christian that we won't suffer, that we won't face hardships. But it does mean, as Romans 8.26 says, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. You are not doing this alone. You are not going out to make disciples by yourself. You are not trying to break free of the sin that so easily entangles you on your own. We actually get to do it in the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit working in us. You see, when we talk about salvation, we're recognizing that this is how the start of the Christian life works. But we know that we need to actually repent daily, that we need to walk this out every single day, that we need to work out our salvation continuously, that we need to come back to these pivotal points of our faith in order to not get trapped in sin. You know, I just want to take some time today. And maybe you're hearing this message and you're like, I'm really actually for the first time getting an understanding of what it means to be saved. I'm actually for the first time getting a real understanding of what sin is, what that kind of life leads to, what that actually looks like, the emptiness that is there. Maybe you've experienced that. And today you're just getting real with the reality that there's actually another way, that there's another choice here. So with every eye closed and head bowed, wherever you're watching, living room, bedroom, kitchen, car, whatever that looks like. Okay, if you're driving in your car, don't close your eyes right now. But just close your eyes for a moment. I just want you to take a second here. And if you're a Christian, if you have professed that faith, if you, if you believe in your heart, if you have repented, listen, why don't you start praying for people, right? This isn't a moment just to sit back and check your phone or something like that. Why don't you just be praying for people right now who are considering this decision? But listen, if you have never made that decision to follow Jesus and you want to today, it is as simple as believing in your heart that Jesus is Lord and professing with your mouth and you will be saved. And so I just want to pray for you today because this is an exciting thing. This is an exciting choice you're making to make God your master. So wherever you are, eyes closed, head bowed, if that's you, 
just acknowledge that in your heart. Acknowledge it with your mouth and let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for those making this decision today to actually step into salvation, to receive this gift that you have given. Jesus, we thank you that you came and died to make a way where there was no way, that you rose again to defeat death. God, we thank you so much that we actually get the gift of eternal life. And there is a party going on in heaven right now for those who are making this decision, that they are choosing to serve you. We thank you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, listen, I'm going to pray quickly one more time that we would be able to repent of what's going on in our lives because this is a key component to our salvation. Jesus, I thank you today that we don't have to carry shame that we don't have to carry guilt, that we don't have to carry all of these things with us because we actually receive your forgiveness. You paid the price, you counted the cost, you died for us so that we don't have to find ourselves in death, so that we don't have to find ourselves trapped by sin, but we can actually walk in freedom. So today I pray right now as we turn, we acknowledge, we lay our sin down at your feet, God. I pray that today as a church, collectively, we would feel like the chains are breaking off of us, that we have attached to ourselves, God, and that we would walk forward in confidence of who you are and what you have done. We give this to you today in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen, amen. Why don't you stand to your feet, church, as we continue to worship again. Jesus, I surrender all to Him. I freely give. I will ever love and trust Him in His presence. Daily live. Oh, all to Jesus, I surrender. to him I freely give I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily live oh your mercy triumphs over just
Listen, wasn't that such a great time worshiping together? And we are excited for one more thing. Typically right That's now, right. we would be just closing off the service, wishing you a great week ahead. But we are not done yet. I'm sure that everyone remembers that we had Heart for the House Sunday last Sunday. And all week, donations have been coming in. All week, people have been generously giving to Slate Church, to our heart for the house, and yeah. we have our total number to announce today. That's right. If you weren't, if you're still like, what's heart for the house? This is once a year we give above and beyond our regular generosity as a church. And so that was last Sunday. Did you have a uh, guess as to what you thought it was going to be? Oh, man. You know, it's so hard to tell because I know that we are such a generous church. Yes. And I know that we love to give. And I know there are so many people who are so faithful with what God has given them. But we're yep. also in a pandemic. Yep. We're all, like, it's also uh, lockdown. You know, there's Six so much going on. Six months since our last yep. those. So it's hard, it's hard to predict it. But listen, yep. what we can say is that we were completely blown away with your generosity slate church it was absolutely amazing and i think we should probably just let them in on on this we could or we could just wait a little bit longer wait a bit longer <laughs> okay so guys we are so thankful for all of you for heart for the house this year 2021 we are so excited to announce that we raised two hundred and fifty six thousand dollars <laughs> But this is our second Heart for the House in six months. Um, we wanted to remind you guys that, like, hey, this is this wasn't out of, like, a dire need or anything like that. Our finances are really healthy. But we also wanted to do this out of obedience and get back on track with our Heart for the Houses. And honestly, it blew us away that the second one in six months, in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of, honestly, like, one of the worst times in Ontario history, uh, that we can remember, that I certainly remember, but that, that we can remember as a province. Um, and this is what we gave. It shows such a heart for what God is doing through our church. It so, shows such confidence in the vision that he's given our church and where he's taking us. Guys, this is gonna go on. And, and I really believe, we said this in the, uh, I, I think I said this in the final message of Heart for the Head series, but I really believe that we're gonna look back on this 
day and, and on yeah. this week and just the events that unfolded and say in our lowest point as a province, we decided to believe in God's highest calling for us as a church and, and really believe that this is going to go on. We're going we're gonna, to um, move forward in confidence. Locals Plus is really exciting. Um, we're really excited to reach all of Ontario. And honestly, there's going to be some trial and error moving into the future. We're going to take bolder steps as God calls us into areas and that sort of thing. And so, guys, we gave alongside you. This, this, is a, this is a church-wide effort. For everybody that gave, we want to thank you. We said we don't want equal giving. We want equal, equal sacrifice. To the person that gave $10, to the person that gave thousands, we want to thank you so, so, so much for investing in God's house, his local church here. It shows such great confidence in where we're headed in the future. And um, we love you guys. We love you so much. So listen, celebrate with people around you, with your connect group, with teams, with people in your family. Make sure you celebrate. Get your this own is a confetti huge, gun. Get your own confetti gun. still surprise Put me. it up. It's so good. But listen, celebrate today. Let's walk away encouraged from this as we keep going into our save series. Listen, if you made a decision to follow Jesus just a few moments ago, we want to say congratulations. Fill out a connect card online. It's popping up in the chat right now. Make sure you get connected, team, whatever that looks like. Stick around for next steps right afterwards as well. There'll be a button up in the chat. And happy Mother's Day to all of the moms out there. We love you so much. We honor you. Thank you, church. What a great heart for the house this year. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you. And happy Mother's Day to my mom. I love you, Marilyn. My mom. Have a great week.